Hey, lovely person sitting at home listening to us right now. Thank you so much for returning. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you as well. I am Mar Gray, and I'm with the lovely and talented Rhonda Baldwin. Hey, guys. And I'm with the talented and lovely Samantha Callender. Hey, what's up? And together we are Mar at Midnight. So today's Nightcap episode... We're kind of going with the trend this month. You know, one week we talked about college. One week we talked about, you know, immature versus being mature. Now we're going to talk about what our life would have looked like or what we thought our life should look like at this time of in our lives. So, Rhonda, I want to hear from you first because I feel like you're going to give us a nice little kiki, a nice little insight. Okay. The topic that we're talking about today, um, it just hits the nail on the head, especially for me. And I feel like a lot of our peers, right? A lot of us in our 20s and early 30s, um, life, the way life has been lately, it's just all over yeah. the place for many of us. And I think for me on a personal note, when I was younger, I thought things were just bubblegum and roses, you know, life was just whatever I wanted it to be, you know, whatever I went for, I could have, which is true, but, um, realistically, you know, there's obstacles, things change, you go through life, you go through trials and tribulations, and that could affect the course of your life, and unfortunately, that's just a part of, you know, everyday living. So when I was younger, and I envisioned the life that Rhonda Baldwin was going to live lavishly, I'm thinking, you know, I always had a dream of being a lawyer. And I think, I don't know if you guys have been seeing me post a lot about this lately. I have been yes, going to law school. Um, I used to tell everybody, oh, babe, like, I'm going to law school. You're looking at the black, um, what was the girl's name from Legally Blonde? Elle. Elle Woods. I was like, I'm going to be the black Elle Woods. I'm going to law school. I'm getting it. Like, that's me. And I envisioned having, you know, this little golden doodle, two kids. Come on, golden doodle. Girl. I, golden doodle specifically. Okay. Yeah. I've been wanting that dog forever. Um, you know, I was going to be married and I was going to have all the money in the world, traveling on yachts, and I was going to have all of this by 25. Well, here I am. <laughs> here I am going on 27. Um, and I have about what one out of those one thing out of those things. I'm going to be married. That's about it. Um, and I do have my degree, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, so I mean, life is just different and you go through different things. Um, and you have to be at peace with it, but don't give up on your dreams though. If you have something specific that you want to do. Well, would you say, are you content, uh, in the idea of everything not going as planned, but still working on your goals or, or do you feel any regret or remorse mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that? I don't feel any regret. And I'll, and I'll say this, I don't feel any regret because everything that I've experienced thus far has uh, really opened my eyes to what life 
really means for me um, and what happiness truly means. Um, I am happy in my life right now, even though I don't have that law degree that I dreamt of or I don't have my golden doodle yet. <laughs> you know, I'm still happy um, and I'm a stronger person. I've learned so much. So I, no regrets because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in what's meant for you will be for you. And nothing or no one can stand in the way of that. Come on, you better um, preach. I'm a firm believer in that. So no regrets. But um, I say... If there's something specific that you want to do, it's never too late to do it, no matter the obstacle or no matter if it took you this long or that long. There's a lot of life to be lived. Don't give up on yourself. Absolutely. Um, don't get discouraged, even though it may not look like what you mapped out originally. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey. Um, I'm getting a little uh, behind the scenes for our listeners. I Suppose. see that. I was like, yes. Marcus, you know I'm sick, child. Don't just, be, don't be it's just, a cute, just a cute little boomerang, guys. Don't you fret here. So, I mean, but I I feel like everything that you still want to do is still easily in your reach. Like, I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen that you've yeah. been wanting to um, talk about law school, but I feel like you and I talked about that from time yeah, to time. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. feel like you can you can get that law degree. I mean, if anyone does not know, she already has a bachelor's and a master's, honey. So she knows school, all right? She knows a good <laughs> education, honey. So Samantha Calendar, mm-hmm. you know what? Before I even ask you, I feel like Samantha Calendar, my good sis, my girl, both of these women are my good sis for sure, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I feel like, Sam, you have already been so accomplished in my eyes, just with the two eyes God has given me. No, yes, she has. And it's sure. just like, because when I met you, when I, I remember like the first time, like my first memory of you in college, and I was like, this girl is going places, honey. And I'm trying to hold her hand while she goes, okay? Because I want her to remember me, honey. And no, like literally, she was such inspiration. Like, I don't, Sam. I don't know if you remember this, um, but the Crucible though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over the Crucible, and baby, listen, we just could not get it up to Samantha, uh, Samantha standard. Okay, honey, we just could not. <laughs> I mean, like, wasn't she just the supreme diva, honey? I mean, oh she was just doing. I can see, I'm blushing. Like we she was doing the most. In a, the best way. Like, the girls could not take it, and I lived for it every single day. I lived for it. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, yes. hey, I told Amira, I said, babe, we're going we're gonna to have to just let this live in its glory. Because yes. we, can't, we can't reach the, the potential that it needs to. Honey, like, <laughs> so, so let me ask you. So since yeah. you've already been so stellar in our eyes, in your own eyes, in your own space, do like do you feel like you've achieved everything that you thought you would, or how is that going for you? Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, the only thing as a child that I knew I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to be a journalist because I always liked to write, hear stories, tell stories, and I was like, I want to move to my dream city of New York City. Those are really the only things that I had like a definite. Um, goal to do um and I would say like as far as like marriage and children I never really had like a set vision for that like that was just something I'm like Mm -hmm. if it happens to me it'll happen but it wasn't something where I had like my kids names picked out or you know I had my dream wedding Pinterest board Mm -hmm. 
that just wasn't something for me. But I will say, um, back in those days, like in college, if you asked me where I wanted to be at 25 or 30, I was like, oh, you know, I want to be the editor in chief of S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was my goal, and um, I have gotten to work with Essence, but I'm not an editor. But I don't kind of regret that because now that I'm like in the industry and know the ins and outs, I actually prefer what I do within the industry, which is freelancing. I feel like I actually have more control over um, the projects that I work on and the articles I write as a freelancer versus an editor. So I don't regret like not, I don't want to say not reaching that goal because it's still something that I'm open for, but I don't feel like a failure because by 25 or even by 30, um, that I'm not an editor, but yeah, I think the life that I envisioned for myself is like totally not happening, but it's in a good way. Like my dream city was always New York city, but as you get older and you start learning about like, Oh, like rent, like what can I actually afford? What's more realistic? Like Chicago actually ended up being more of a realistic place for me to be, um, and I don't regret that. And even now that I, I have the capability to move to New York City if I want to, but I don't want to, right? Um, and I think the only thing that I see being a little bit different is I thought that I was going to grow up and become more extroverted. I've always been like a behind the scenes type of person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always, I don't want to say in a shell because I think I'm, I'm social, but I've never been a person who like craved the spotlight. But when I was younger, I just thought that I would grow out of that, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, in this alternate universe, not alternate universe, but when I grow older, I'll be more confident, right? Because I have my degree, I'll have my job, I'll be in my dream city, and that'll just give me the confidence um, to just be this super extroverted person. And that didn't happen. Um, and it's not that I, like, regret it, quote, unquote, but I think that I'm working on that. I think that as a child, you think that comes with accomplishments and checking things off of to-do lists and reaching goals. But really, um, that comes from healing. And I didn't discover that till later. Mm, wow, so that's a word in itself. Process. Wow, <laughs> um, yes. Speaking a word, she is speaking a word. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what we've been told when we were little, too, like, as for me, like, growing up, I was always very quiet, and everybody was like, oh, Rhonda, you're going to grow out of that, like, when you go to college, when you do this, when you do that, and it never came, and I yeah. became okay with that, like, I used to think that something was wrong with me, because I was, like, introverted, and I would just have, like, very close friends, like, you know, Marcus, and a few friends here and there, but other than that, i just really be in my own zone, and I used to think something was wrong with that, and there's not, there's nothing wrong with just being in tune with being quote unquote behind the scenes and you you know know what what? and i think accepting that is okay yeah and it's so interesting because i guess i know you both on such a Mm -hmm. deeper level than just like hey how you doing that it's like i kind of forget that you guys are not extroverted people because the Mm -hmm. way we be kikiing like we kiki one way on this podcast but like when it's just the girls it's just like (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess you really don't talk, like talk to the other girls like the way you talk in, in this group or whatever. Like, Marcus, I told you not too long ago. I was like, I don't be talking on the phone. Who do I talk on the phone to? You and who? My mother. Yes. <laughs> and like Sam is such like you and Sam are just such like lively people to me that I forget that 
oh, y'all don't do this every day. But I kind of feel the same way in that retrospect because I feel like people don't believe me when I say I'm a really shy person. Like, when I say that to people, people be like, no, you're not. And it's like, but yes, I am. I just forced myself to talk to you. But internally, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, they're looking at me way too much. And I feel like I'm babbling, but they seem like they like what I'm talking about. And when I go away, I immediately think about the conversation like, oh, why did you say that? You sound like a cornball. So I just feel like it's just, uh, you know, yeah. percep- you know, perception of what you think someone is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard that, too, because I I can be sociable when need be. But I think that's also my, my personality and kind of like um, a defense mechanism. Like, I've always been very observant. Yeah. very intuitive as yes. well like I can pick up vibes really quickly in a whole nother show but I, I really have I like to take in my surroundings first yep. um, before I speak and sometimes it's perceived as like oh you know she thinks she's better like you know she doesn't want to talk oh God, to anybody yes. it's like it's really not that it's like I'm nervous as fuck and I'm just trying to figure out like what y'all about period <laughs> it takes a, I feel like it takes a lot for me to open up to people because once you get me you're gonna get like the raw version of me right right so sometimes you can't you can't you can't give that to everybody because everybody don't have good intentions mm. so like sam said it's okay to sit back observe see who you're dealing with first you know what i mean see if you're comfortable with letting your true authentic self out because like i said everybody's not deserving of that so you bring up a great point about that sam um but i'm curious mar what about you? Are you, I, I'm just ready for this answer. Are you living out the dream that you dreamt of when you were younger? Um, now, yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I feel like, okay, so my origin story, um, I grew up in the church. Like I feel like a lot of black people did or just people in general. Right. So that's when I fell in love with music. First, because I used to love the choir. I used to, I mean, my church has some singers. You hear me? Like, it was just a time. It was just a time. And I used to sit, like, there used to, um, we used to have, like, a second level. And that was considered our radio room because sometimes we would record our sermons. And so I was. Well, church had money, honey. Right. Oh, oh, honey, I guess, I guess, I don't know, girl, I wasn't, on, I wasn't um, doing the numbers, I don't know, but, hey, we still collected a building fund, um, shoot, they probably is too, to be honest, but, um, so, but, ba- I don't know if they still do, but back in the day, they used to record, mm-hmm. my mom used to work in the recording room to, like, do all the editing and stuff, and so, mm-hmm. I used to sit up there, and I used to just, like, gaze at the choir, And I'm like, oh, I want to be a singer because, like, I want to do that. Like, they're singing, they're having a good time. And then when I was also young, my mom used to take me to the Playhouse Square in um, Cleveland. And we used to do that all the time where, like, you know, we would just, her and I would just go. And I seen, like, The Lion King and, you know, Little Shop of Horrors and Rent and all of these things. And I remember, like... I don't know what this is, but I want to do it. I want to be on stage. I want to like sing and dance and perform. And I remember before I went to Miami, I was taking a theater appreciation class at uh, Cuyahoga Community College, just like the community college in Cleveland. 
And y'all, not to toot my own horn, y'all, but like if the highest grade in the class was 100%, I probably had 125. The, no, dead ass. Like I mm-hmm. was doing all the extra crap. I love that class because but I was. You enjoyed it thoroughly. Yes. Yeah. And I remember we took a field trip to, well, not a field trip. I mean, we kind of all just drove down there individually and met up there, but we took a field trip to the Playhouse Square Theater and we got to see. Um, all like the uh, behind the scenes stuff. And at the end of the uh, uh, tour, we were on the main stage where you could just see all the, oh, I could cry. <laughs> where like you could just, you yes, you could just see all the seats and everything. And I was like, I sit, I, I've sat in those seats with my mom looking at whatever production. And I'm now standing on this stage in this field trip and I'm like, this is what I have to do. And so I feel like I always wanted to be an entertainer since I was like five or six. And then that really solidified. But, you know, I started to grow up and listening to other people like, oh, you should do this instead or that's not a real career or things like that. So I started to want to be a lawyer because I used to look at... um, like that show, I think I think it's called Matlock. Um, I, I like I used to watch that with my aunt, and then Living Single with Maxine Shaw. I thought she was so cool. Baby, I wanted to be the Maverick. Yes, okay. like, and I, I just thought that was so awesome. So I was like, okay, I I see how other people get excited when I say I want to go into law. So I thought that was my dream. I thought that was my path. So. I'm 28 now, so if I just take it simply 10 years back, I, I, my whole idea thought I would be in New York because I thought I was, I thought I was going to go to NYU for law. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have stayed in New York. I would have been um, like a, you know, lawyer at a practice or d- doing like an associate or something. Um, I would have either been in a committed relationship by now and or like engaged or married. I would have had two dogs and I would have had a photography business on the side. This was like my, this was like the life that I envisioned. Ultimate dream. Yes. And so once I stepped back and said, who am I doing this for? (laughs) I was like, this is not what I want to do. And I, but even when I was younger, I always said that I thought I was going to end up in New York or LA and I'm here in LA. And, but now I feel like I moved out here. It's been four years now. So I think like, it's been four years. Yes, honey. And so, yes, I've been in California for four years in LA for two. And I think, so it was either like, the second half of me being 23 going into 24, I think. And I think ever since then, I slowly but surely got back to my dream. And I feel like this year, this summer, I'm doing everything that, you know, I want to do. Like I've been in a TV, like I've been on TV. I've been in a, I've been in two films uh, so far. I've been getting auditions. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so, so, like at some point I'm going to put out a poetry book. I've already put out the like poetry albums as some mm-hmm. of y'all know, you know, I'm in the studio. I've been in the, in the studio, studio, honey, about to put out some music. So it's just like, when I look at my life, you know, I am so thankful that things turned a while or turned around for me in ways that I did not expect. 
But I can say right now on April, uh, I was about to say April, what is today? July 21st, 2021, I am doing the things that I want to do. Is it the capacity that I might want to do them? No, but I can say that like every day I wake up and I'm, I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting for my dream. And so, You're doing you know, what you genuinely love. yeah. And you know, I thought at this time I would have like a man on my shoulder, honey. Um, but I'm single with cheese out here. So that is to be <laughs> determined, honey, to be announced at some point. Something that can still come. You know, and Marcus knows this. He's being very dramatic. We might have to have an episode on dating, honey, because you know what we talked about. Well, you have to. Marcus wants to meet um this person. I want to meet my husband in the ice cream parlor. Okay. What is the, what is wrong with that? Okay, let me tell y'all for the audience because I feel like somebody out there understands where I'm coming from. <laughs> this online dating thing, and we can definitely have an episode on dating, so I won't go too far. But right. this online dating thing, not for me. This swipe left, swipe right, make a bio thing, I'm not for it. I'm like, uh-uh. No, not me. I want to meet you in the grocery store. I want to meet you in the ice cream parlor. I want to meet you at a quaint uh, nightclub on poetry night. I just want to meet you in person. So, you know. Which is not, not like it's never, like that's very, very possible. But in the world we live in, dating sites are like the thing. You know what I mean? That's how a lot of people are getting connected. Especially right. during the whole panoramic disco ball that we had. People were weren't going out. You know what I mean? So it's like, babe, you may find the love of your life on the app or you may find them in aisle nine. You know, you <laughs> not know. all nine. You know what, you though? Be open. But I mean, I am open. And see, let's not do that, y'all, because y'all know I am. Let's move on. But okay, I just on. feel like on the thinking of where my life was going to go, I'm very mm-hmm. thankful it did not go in the way that I thought Amen. because I was just simply living other people's dreams for my life. But once I sat back and, be, and was like, I knew what I wanted to do at literally six years old. So, in addition to all those things, I'm glad we're doing this podcast again because, as we all know, I love having conversations. I love having kikis. And one thing that I thought that I was missing or felt that I was missing was an outlet to talk about different topics. And, yeah, I can make videos by myself, but I enjoy talking to friends or people I admire or respect to kind of, you know, feed off of, you know, a community to feed off, like, you know, the conversation. So, yes, that is where I am. And, you know, Marcus, that really does inspire me. I get so excited when I see my friends just, like, living out their dreams and doing what they're passionate about because, you know, society does have a lot to deal with how we think about ourselves or decisions we want to make in our lives. And I'm at a point where I'm just like over that. So that's why I have been talking more about doing law. So my journey wasn't, my journey is a little complex. So when I was younger, I I wanted to do law, but I knew that it was something in the entertainment room, right? So when I got to high school, about to graduate high school, going to college, I got super intimidated about law. Yeah. Because literally all my friends, they're like, oh, I'm going to such and such law school. I'm going, I'm going to Yale Law School, da 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 And I couldn't afford those types of colleges. So I had to go with who gave me the most money. 
right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let's take up media. So I originally took up STRATCOM, Strategic Communications, right, which is like PR. Yes. So let me tell you how this loops, right? So I took PR, couldn't stand my professors, okay, couldn't stand them. I, I felt like the program was geared towards to a certain type of people. I won't say, won't say who, but it was definitely geared towards. You're geared towards a certain type of folk. Non and people I just did not. Right, non-people <laughs> exactly. of color, honey. Non-people of color, and I did not feel included. So I was like, okay, I'm going to switch my major. And at the time, they changed the communication degree to media and culture. So you could study, like, journalism, do a little PR, do a little, um, you know, script writing, do a little bit of everything media-related. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to go do that. And I'm going to do an entrepreneurship minor. Deal that, la la la. And after gra after I graduated, I was like, okay. So I landed a job at the local station here, Fox 19 here in Cincy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a news producer. Great. Became a news producer overnight, honey. Worked the night shift. And I said, never again. This is not the life that I want to live. <laughs> this isn't me. But I'm glad I did that because it helped me realize, like, I was chasing a dream that I really didn't like. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm 86 in that idea. So I worked little odd jobs until I was like, hey, I want to go to grad school. And honestly, I will tell y'all, I did grad school because I did not know what to do with my life. And I was scared. And that was my safety net. So I was like, okay, we're going to go to grad school. And you're going to loop back to PR because you don't like doing social media work. You don't like doing all this stuff. But you like the business side of media. So you need to go back and do PR. So I went to Kent State for PR. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Graduated, pan panoramic disco dis disco ball happened. Couldn't find a job. Blah blah blah. So then I started to look at you know other opportunities, and then I found my current job, which allows me to do PR, but it's in the safety room. But I'm like, you know what? I like it. It's allowing me to get get really good practice with um, mm -hmm. PR skills. But for the past like year or so, I've been it's been really eating at me to do media law. I like media and I like business. And I feel like those are two things that um, join together very well. And I think that's something. Well, that honey, I'm going to need me an entertainment lawyer. So get to it. <laughs> and I'm done being intimidated by it. I feel so late in the game. I have friends, frat brothers, sorority sisters who are already in law, in law school, already graduated with their law degree. And I'm like, I feel so behind. But then I have to remind myself, I'm literally only 27 years old. And you are on no one else's timeline but yours. And I think that's one thing. Exactly. Like that, because like, you know, and I, I definitely uh, feel you on the safety net thing because my mm -hmm. very first major before I got to Miami was sociology. And then I mm -hmm. uh, major into political science and I feel like I did well in political science. But when I say I could not <laughs> do it anymore because I was like, this ain't for me. And it's just mm -hmm. like, that sounds like, you know, I feel like a lot of us, we fall back on education, even if we're not passionate about it, because society tells us like, oh, that's the best fallback when, but when you get out here, yeah, and it's like, when you get out here, you're like, okay, well, I ain't doing shit with this anyway, so what am I, what am I doing? Uh, right, but right, exactly. to talk about the goodness of Rhonda Baldwin for a second, um, you're also, I don't know if a lot of listeners are uh, know this, so I'm going to spill a little tea, but you are a phenomenal painter, and... Oh, 
like you're a whole artist out here and you keep playing acting like you not like you not literally making masterpieces out here so i want to hear about your journey with that uh leave it to marcus gray honey to call me out um (laughs) so yeah so painting for me has just always been an escape um I've been doing it ever since I was little, coloring, painting, honey. I would I would make all kind of stuff out of cardboard when I was younger. I made a whole drum set out of cardboard before. Like I just like doing things with my hands. Come on, DIY. Come on, DIY. It's super peaceful for me. I'd be in the zone. And when I was in high school, and here's how I got my complex about my art. When I was in high school, it was just art teacher. Miss Mulcahy, I'm going to say her name because I still got beef for her. Mm, Not calling out the teacher, honey. Miss Mulcahy, she was like the only art teacher for advanced art. And I qualified for advanced art. You took four years of advanced art. I was qualified. But she had her favorites. It was two guys who were phenomenal artists who did this one particular type of work. And I felt like she would always give them the praise and the glory. And I would never get any like Oh, good job, Rhonda. Oh, this is dope, Rhonda. Even though my work has, like, literally been in museums before, like, she's never acknowledged it just casually. Right. (laughs) Just, oh, yes, honey. I am an artist whose work has been in museums, baby. Just as casual as possible. Uh Uh-huh. So it was, like, 11th grade, like. Oh, okay. So while you girls dream to be in the Smithsonian, honey, dream to be at the Broad, honey, dream. Been there, done. Honey, done that, honey. A, a, a slight word, light work for me. Okay, see, you know, so yeah, that's where my complex came from. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this. And I was going to study art in college, but literally my mom almost burnt down our house making french fries one day and burnt my whole portfolio of artwork. So I was like, okay, there's oh, that. So I had to fall back on media. Marcus, I never told you that. No. <laughs> Child was making some French fries in the kitchen and burnt down the whole kitchen and the dining room where all my stuff was. Child. Damn. So, um, yeah, I couldn't study art. So I was like, you know, I'm not feeling really confident in it. So I'm just going to 86 that idea and I just kind of do it on my own time. Because once again, you get to the comparison, like, oh, my God, their art is dope. Oh, my God, I can't really do that technique. Oh, my God, am I this? You know, you get in your head about things. Yeah. Um, But I'm slowly trying to overcome that. I have been looking at some, like, art shows here in Cincy that I could display some art, you know, just to get back out there. But it's it's a process. I'm, I'm becoming it more is. comfortable and like, as an artist. Compare and contrasting is the son of a bitch, okay? Because, no, like, I, for example, you know, I feel like I'm starting my music career so late in the game in my head when you mm-hmm. got girls and boys who are like 19, 20, 21 winning Grammys and Billboard Awards and BMAs and BET Awards and all of this. And you're just like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like baby, two years from now you'll be 30. Like, can you even do it? And then I had to remember mm-hmm. like, honey, bitches be thinking you 16 anyway. So, like... Because the face is glowing, okay? Thank you so much. And then also, it's just like, even if I was freaking 40, 50, I feel... And I'm not saying that's old by any means, but what I'm saying is just like, I had to learn, like, there is no 
time limit for you to succeed. There's no time limit for you to be successful. And I think society makes you feel like you have to have your whole life planned out when you are 17. And that's just unrealistic. And you bring up a good point. Like we don't see, like I always think of like certain people, like I think of Oprah, I think of um, Chadwick Boseman. We see them in their prime. We don't see the hard work they were putting in, you know, 15 years ago, like Taraji P. Henson, you know, she was doing little infomercials and stuff like that. We don't get to see all the hard work, right? Yeah. We see them when they're in their prime, when they're coming up, when they're the new hottest artist, uh, artist on the block, actress on the block. We don't see the hard work they put in. So we can't go off of that timeline because, you know what I mean? We don't see what happened behind the scenes. Yeah. All the, you know, all the, the no's. We see the yeses. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think sometimes you have to be willing to like accept the pivot, like realize that you might have to go mm. through one thing first before you can take another step in the direction of your dreams. It's really interesting, like you two bring up art um, as kind of Marta's main thing. Rondo is like your side thing, but I always love the art. I love movies. Mm-hmm. I love music. I watched everything I listened mm-hmm. to everything and when I was really little you know I always wanted to be a journalist but I also was like oh yeah I'm gonna be a singer I'm gonna mm-hmm. be an actress I'm gonna be in film right just because like I love the medium but as I got older I realized like okay girl you're more comfortable behind the scenes mm-hmm. you're not really like I don't want to be in front of the camera I'm sorry can film. I put my hand up for a second not to cut you okay, off sis but can we keep talking? She keeps saying about, oh, I'm more comfortable in the behind the scenes. And I'm the type of girl to be like, honey, dude, we not just see you doing incredible visuals for this incredible poetry book. It's like, oh, maybe we need you more in front of the camera because you slayed us. She's in front of the camera, y'all. So good. She looks phenomenal in front of the camera. The camera loves her. That was me pushing myself. But, I well, to get to that, before that, I was like, okay, I might want to do that as well. Uh, but then when I was a teen, like, I didn't want to really act. I didn't really want to sing. I didn't really like my voice. But I still love journalism, did journalism. And later down the line, I still had that passion. I'm like, I still want to be in this industry in some way. And then uh, my first few jobs out of college was entertainment journalism. I find my passion for entertainment by interviewing actors, interviewing singers. And so I think, uh, I kind of just say that point to say sometimes um, your different interests might merge or like there's a different way to approach your dream. It doesn't always have to be like, you know, what you think of. When I yeah. think of being in entertainment, I think of being a star. But as you right. get older, you realize you can be in that industry and you don't have to be the star. Um, but to the point of me making videos i still kind of slightly just wanted to put myself out there right i don't have this grand vision of being a star but i'm like i want to be more comfortable being on camera reciting my work right mm. um so that's why i like challenge myself to create visuals for my poetry and for me to be in it so those are my first few little steps into like film because i would love to um to write a film like, I, I still very much love film, so very much um, love the art of filmmaking and script writing. And so I would love to do a film. I think my next kind of, like, project <laughs> is going to be a short. Look at Mark. He's like, Mar- 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 auditioning. I was going to say, honey, if you need me to audition, just say that. <laughs> just say but it. But 
I would love, that's like one of the things that I would love to do. It's always been like in my vision um, to be involved with film in some way. And I'm like, okay, I've interviewed actresses and actors, but I still think that I want to do something beyond that. So I do want to try my hand at film. And I don't think 30 is too late. I mean, like you see no. Ava DuVernay, she didn't start, she didn't get her first film. I think she was like mid 30s. Yeah, it's absolutely not late to do anything. And I, it, society, like, we just get so accustomed to believe anything that society throws up at us and says, like, oh, like, if it hasn't happened for you, it's never going to happen. It's like, baby, uh, who says that? Because right. I feel like everything happens in its rightful season. And it's very hard to sometimes believe that when you're going through something or when you play the compare and contrast game. I mean, for example, like, Instagram for a moment got really hard for me because I used to scroll and scroll and see all these people doing phenomenal things. And it's just like, oh, when is my time? But no one ever posts their bad days on social media. And you have to remember that. It's like... You see the highlights. Yeah, it's like you might see this person in this phenomenal movie or this lead role or this award or whatever, but you don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that they have put in to get there or the days that they felt doubtful or the days that they thought, you know, am I too old or too young or too black or too too gay or too whatever. Society tries to tell you so but I am just here to say that um Sam and this is also for you Ronza behind the scenes front of the scenes I think y'all are stars I mean um are in galleries honey and <laughs> honey like I just like buy I mean if you google Samantha Calendar honey the articles will pop up and like not just one or two years worth of work baby mm-hmm. like honey don't let me start putting down her resume for her okay cause I know oh, it cause I know it cause she honey. puts in work and honey was in the garden today picking some good garden okay honey doing a fel- doing a fellowship honey like the girls please they wish okay volunteering you know honey right. doing community service on them okay well you know, i mean i feel confident in knowing that there's a lot of life to be lived and my grandma always told me this she was like you always have you always have to have a dream that's what's going to keep you living mm-hmm. and i wholeheartedly believe that like even at my mom i'm not gonna say her age because she'll kill me but she has always wanted to be an actress and she has always wanted to own a restaurant called Olivia's Cut in the Corner. She wants it to be a jazz spot where all the celebrities come hang out. This has been her dream for years. And I said, Mom, one day we're going to make that happen. Yes. She said, I hope I really believe that. Age ain't nothing but a number, honey. Age ain't nothing but a number. That gives me motivation every day. Yes. And you know what? This is why I love that we brought Mar at midnight back because I am learning so many new things about you people. (laughs) Every... Every week, I am like, you know, I feel like I feel like I have not shared anything new with the girls yet. But I feel like every week, y'all like, oh yeah, so um, my uncle was an astronaut, and it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, what are you even saying to me? Uh, Because you know what? One thing that I notice about us three, and this is not being cocky, we all have humble spirits. We really do. Yes. With the talents that God has blessed us with, the work that we produce, we are humble. Um, and I'm just thankful that 
I have experienced, the things that I have with school, whatever the case may be, all these experiences. Um, and I look forward to the things that I'm going to accomplish in the future. Is law school in my future? We gonna see, honey, because I ain't racking up no more student loans. So <laughs> we gonna see. Let's so go. if that's in my future, great. If it's meant for me to solely work on my art, that's amazing. But I do know that I'm letting God lead me, and I'm also um, praying that He discovers more talents within me because I know I have a lot of them, and I'm sitting on them, and. I feel like that's something very disrespectful to God. He's giving you so many talents. Why are you sitting on them? Oh, that's a word. Um, so I'm asking him to reveal um, more passions, more talents, and to lead me in the direction to follow those. So I yes. could, um, you know, eventually lead the people back to him, honey, because it's all for his glory. And I 100% agree because I feel like, you know, you talk about being humble and it's like, I think the reason why I always meet things with as much appreciation and gratefulness that I can, because for me, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. I know God is the only reason why I'm out here in the first place. Cause I ask God, please don't have me driving out here across country if it ain't supposed to be. Okay. okay. And it's just like, he always sh shines light on my cloudiest days of doubt and fear. And he always just like shows me like, this is why you're going through this or reassurance. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's just always reassurance. And, you know, for me, um, I just feel like I've never been a one trick pony. And I feel like I, mm -hmm. I've always had so many interests. And I remember I was, um, uh, what's the word? Interning at a radio station back in Cleveland. Ooh. I won't say the radio station, but I was interning at a radio station and it was like their early show. And honestly, I don't even know if this particular radio station is still around. However, I remember when I was sitting like in the little uh, booth where they actually did the show and one of the hosts was like, so what are you like interested in? And I told her all my interests and I was so excited because y'all know how I get. Like once I start talking about stuff mm -hmm. I care about, like I, I just light up because I was like, I care about mm -hmm. it. And she looks me dead in my face and was like, you can't do all of that. And she was like, you oh, need, to, she was like, you need to pick one of those things and focus on it. Cause how can you do all of that? And I looked at her and I said, because I believe in myself and watch me do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't say this, I didn't say the second part to her, but in my head, I was like, I don't know if this is projection. Maybe you feel like you can only do one mm -hmm. thing. And if that's your, if that's who you are, what you do, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like so many people have so many gifts and so many interests. It's just like, how dare you, not go out for everything that you dream about. And so, and, and everything yeah. that is owed to you. Yeah. God gave you those gifts and talents for a reason. Those things are owed to you. And I also think that's a generational thing. You know what I mean? Um, my, I, I can, a lot of people in my family are a bit older, like 60s, late 50s, or, you know, 60s and 70s. And it's just, you know, find a job, stick to it, take care of your family, and be content. And I feel like our generation, we're like, no, we can conquer the world. Yeah. We do so many things out there. We can, we can be a, for, uh, I was going to say a force to be reckoned with. Shout out to Zyro. Um, <laughs> a force to be reckoned A force to be reckoned with. Uh, <laughs> I'm 
Okay. Okay. Scratch that. All right. <laughs> All right. Y'all get the gist. But I think that's a generational thing. Um, and we just got to believe in ourselves and be happy with what you're doing. I yeah. Listen, Marcus know this. Marcus know I will quit a job in a hot Mississippi minute listen, if I'm not happy. Listen, okay. but you know what, yeah. though? And I think we should do a show about this. I love how we are thinking about uh, future shows while we're doing this. But I feel like there needs to be a conversation about how I feel like what was the generation before us? Not baby boomers, but was are they baby boomers? No, I think that's before them. Okay. I, can, I don't know. But I know millennials started like in 1980. So I feel like who, whatever generation before us, like I feel like they were in the generation of you go to work. I mean, you, you know, be a child, then a teenager, then you go to college, then you find you a good job, then you take care of your family and you kind of just live a structured life. But I feel mm-hmm. like... As many millennials are like, oh, we're go-getters, we can do anything. I feel like millennials are such a 50-50 group of where Mm. we have go-getter mentalities in the sense of, oh, just kind of like, don't listen to logic, just kind of jump off the cliff, you you know, the parachute will find you type of thing. But I also think we have still that, you know, hesitation of, Oh my goodness, like, should I do this? Because I look at Gen Z and these kids look like they don't give a damn. They just do whatever feels right. And I love that. I love that energy. And it's like, but I feel like sometimes I even struggle at being a millennial. Like, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm always pushing myself, but sometimes I sit in my room like, okay, can I do it? Can mm-hmm. I not? And I wish I had mm-hmm. more sometimes of that, like, girl, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And, like, I do, but not all the time. I think the thing That's with millennials is, like, we come from, like, the 80s and 90s there was this push for academia, you know, go to college, get your degree, be then. And I think that's also more, like, maybe why that woman might have said that to you, because she grew up in the time, like, you need to pick a lane and excel in it. Like there was Mm -hmm. always this concert of being a professional, being an expert. And you don't always have to do that. Um, You don't have to be, you don't have to get a PhD in art to say you're an artist, you know? But I think a lot of millennials struggle with that. We're like, oh, well, I can't call myself that because I don't have a degree in that, or I didn't take any classes. And it's like, who says that's what you have to do? Honey, I am who God says I am, honey. If I want to be... Picasso, I'm gonna be Picasso. But you know what though? Both of y'all make a good point because I feel like I see this a lot of in a lot of people's bios. And now since I think differently, it kind of drives me up the wall when I see aspiring, aspiring writer, aspiring mm. actor, aspiring mm. dentist or whatever. And um <sighs> Oh my gosh, her last name is Rhymes. I feel so bad. What's the writer? Shonda, Shonda yes. Shonda. Oh, Shonda, if you hear this, I'm so sorry. Miss Shonda Rhymes said this, I think, in her master class. And it's like, stop saying you're aspiring. Like, if you write, you're a writer. So, I, so like, but I think we put aspiring because we, like, uh, uh, us millennials feel like, oh, we don't have that degree or we don't have that. Uh, thing on our resume just yet to certify us to other people saying we are whatever. And it's just like, 
you know, before I had my first acting credit, I was calling myself an actor before I, you know, have, you know, recorded this single, which will, you know, come out eventually. I was singing on my social media. So to me, I was a singer. Even if I was singing in the bathroom, honey, I'm going to call myself a singer because that's what I'm actively doing. You know, like when I was just writing, um, for the people who remember my blog, when I had a blog, when I was writing little poems on my blog, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a book almost done. I didn't have an album already out, but I was writing poetry. So I was a poet. And I remember when I first started writing things, it started to feel like um, imposter syndrome because I'm like, mm-hmm. are you really this? But I had to remember, like, mm-hmm. if I'm actively doing something, that's who I am. I think, yeah, I agree. I think because we measure success as like, once we get to this X, Y, and Z point, then I'm considered successful. Yeah. Right? Once I get here, then I'll be happy. Once I get here, then I'll feel like I've, I've made it. We need to quit looking at the then and look at the now. Like, we're, we, yeah. meet, meet yourself where you are now. Absolutely. And I think Generation Z does that. Mm-hmm. They live very much in the moment. Yeah. They don't feel like they need to prove themselves to anybody. They don't feel like they need a degree to say that they are an expert or, you know, they just they just try things. They don't feel like they have to put in or we were always told, you know, put in the work. Put in work. It's like, okay, you can put in work, but that doesn't take away from credibility. Like I've gotten my nails done at like nail school. Or people who don't even go to nail school, and it's been way better than, like, a nail salon from a nail yeah. place. They got all their little certifications on the wall. It's like sometimes those things don't even mean anything because you could be trash with a degree or with a certification. Listen, I mean, and I feel like we can all say this because we all have degrees. There's a lot of mediocre people that graduated with degrees, okay? And it's just like, and it's just like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's no shade, but it's just like, you see it all the time where you know, we think someone's somebody because they have a piece of paper or something that says they are. And then you look at them and they're like, well, homegirl around the corner doing hair in her house is better than the cosmetologist that got the the papers on her exactly. wall. So, exactly. Right. Exactly. but yeah, y'all, you know, I think just to wrap everything up, just to solidify it all, I think sometimes it's better to understand and to accept that our lives did not turn out how we wanted it five, 10 years ago. And also mm-hmm. to understand whatever that is deeply in us, we can still accomplish. Any last minute key keys remarks from the girls? Um, no, just, um, you know, live in the moment. Let's, the goal for this, the rest of this week is just to live in the moment and do things that you enjoy doing. Yes. That will be my homework assignment to our, our listeners. Just do things that you enjoy doing for the rest of the week um, and see where it takes you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think my just like kind of last thing would be, I know it can like sometimes be frustrating if you're not where you thought you were. But I, as long as you are moving, as long as you are doing something every day that's taking a step in the direction of your dreams, I feel like you should be proud of that. And you, you know, you can take those steps and still not end up where you thought you were going to end up. But I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they've wasted time or they wasted such a big part of your life. I feel like we go through everything for a reason. So remember all those lessons and apply them to your next and your future and just take steps every day towards 
towards your goals and you'll you'll get to where you need to be. You might not get to where you want to be, but you'll get to where you need to be. Oh, that's a word. Yes. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Mar at Midnight. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter now. They're both at Mar at Midnight. Um, Let us know how you feel about the show. Let us know, like, if you have something you want us to discuss on the show, we just might do it. Um, And... This has been great, and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. See y'all next week. Bye.